two, one. There it is. All right, ladies and gents and everybody else, we are going to have a lot of fun here today. We have someone who is going to get into the depths of your humanity. Ready to rock and roll? Because I sure am. Let's have some fun. Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, all right. Welcome to the show. Before we jump into our content, I just really quickly want to ask everybody who's watching or listening one more time or, you know, again and again to please head on over to YouTube, do a quick search for Practicing Polyamory Podcast, and then hit that subscribe button. I really want to get to 100 subscribers. As of last night, when I last looked, we were at 35. So getting there getting there a third of the way there we've got uh what february is a short month so 11 days left so if y'all can help me out i would really appreciate it and if you can follow me on uh facebook twitter instagram twitch at practicing poly a would really appreciate that as well and again uh, another petition another call out to uh my bipoc lgbtqa uh qia plus community uh if that's you and you are also polyamorous i definitely want to hear your story would love to chat with you uh and you know get your perspective on you know the ways of the world and things that, that are going on so um if that's you please 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 reach out would love to talk to you all right Otherwise, let's hear about our guest. Our guest today has been practicing polyamory for the past four years, and she's learned a great deal about the humanity of relationships. Now, one of the things that I personally love about polyamory is the way that I'm more uh, able to more deeply connect with people, and that's something that our guest seems to have discovered on an even deeper level. She believes that communicating with one's existence, with their being and their humanity, is a vastly important lesson that she can take into all relationships, not just romantic ones. And this approach to relationships can benefit all of those involved. So let's see how deep into this discussion we can get with our amazing guest. Welcome to the show, Faith. Hello. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> party time, you ready? <laughs> And there it is. Did it go? Okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we might have a little bit of things going on here, but we're going to, you know, roll with it and have some fun. So, Faith, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, practicing polyamory for four years. When did you first hear about polyamory? How did you get introduced to it? Um, I think um, one of my recently like really good friends at that time, her friend and her boyfriend were trying to open up their relationship um, just because they were having some uh, struggles that they thought that it could kind of help. And uh, it came up to us one day and I was like, this sounds you know, awesome. I love people and never really liked the concept of having to limit um, interactions and where they could go um, just because you're you know, committed in a monogamous relationship. So um, I went and I asked my husband if it would be something he'd be interested in um, reading about, learning about, and he wasn't so sure necessarily, but <laughs> uh, he, he was a little thrown at first, um, but after 
talking a lot through it and explaining kind of where I was coming from. I think he was a little probably blindsided at first, but we've always just talked about everything. So that was awesome to have a partner that was willing to talk to me about something that a lot of people would, I think, shut down very, very early on. Um, How long did that conversation last? How long did you and your husband talk about it before it actually became a thing? Um, I think what happened is we, we had always been kind of open to some people might say, cause we always had an agreement that, um, you know, if you were going out to a club or something with friends and you want to dance and someone wants to dance with you, you could, you know, do that. And you could talk to them a little bit. Um, we, we smoke. So we're like, you know, if you're smoking at the smoke pit, you can, you know, talk and make friends, but anything past that, we would always like been no, like no emotional, mm-hmm anything else. Um, so I don't think none of that. that. And then I had, um, I went to a club one night with one of my friends and ended up meeting this guy who was just really, really nice. And, um, we had a really good connection and I went to, um, my husband that night and I was like, Hey, you know, I know we've always said that we should put this like block on it, but you know, um, I think that, you know, what our friends were talking about might actually, be something I'm interested in. Cause I really do think that this is a really cool person. Um, and I told him, you know, like I could just be friends with them, but I feel a deeper connection that I would like to pursue if that's something we could talk about. Um, and that first conversation probably lasted for a few hours, <laughs> like no, no bars all just all in, like whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking, don't hold back. Like, you, you know, tell nice. me what you're thinking. And it safe, was really good. Safe, place, um, safe conversation. Very safe. I think that's really important just to feel like whatever you want to say that you can say it because as soon as you start not saying things to any type of partner, even a friend, mm-hmm. I think, you know, mm-hmm. just distrust kind of comes in because then you mention something yeah. in passing months later, like, oh, I've been thinking about that. And like, well, why didn't you tell me, you know, so <laughs> I'm just kind of like an open book at this point. I'm just like, I don't like to ever not say anything, just open book. Yeah, I love that. Authenticity is my superpower. That's that's the name of my future unwritten book. But uh, I, I, I love. I that. think we're we're kindred spirits in that sense. So uh, one difference that I'm that I'm hearing and kind of presuming mm-hmm. here is your friends that originally told you about polyam versus when you brought the conversation to your husband. You said they weren't in a good place and they were kind of trying to fix things. You and your yeah. husband were in a good place. It wasn't about trying to fix anything. It was just, hey, this is an idea. Um, What is your experience just in that instance, right? I mean, it's it's uh, just roll with it. What's your what's what's your what's your opinions on on just that opening up? Because we want to solve something. Well, for those people, that couple, they are um, not currently in a romantic relationship. and they didn't actually end up pursuing non-monogamy for very long. Um, it just for them brought up more issues as opposed to helping anything. Um, and I don't necessarily think that it um, opening up any relationship to solve a problem. I don't think that's necessarily not going to work. But at least in the the relationships I've observed and, um, you know, on groups online and everything that I've kind of like been a fly on the wall just watching of like and listening what people uh talked about their experiences 
I, I think the issue comes in with more communication. Like, you know, there's a problem and you're trying to fix it, but then somewhere the communication still isn't quite lining up on one side or the other. So you're trying to fix something, but the main key, which is communication, if you don't put that into non-monogamy, I don't think it works. 60% of the time, it works every time. We were both thinking one of those clips was going to work. The uh, But you and your husband, you <laughs> did not have uh, that issue. You guys, you guys came into it from yeah. a place of just open, honest communication. And then one of the things that, uh, you know, I mentioned in your, in your intro was mm -hmm. connecting to someone's existence, to their being. What exactly does that mean to you? Um, well, for me, it's realizing that no matter who the person is, it could be somebody walking down the street, you know, I just pass or as close as possible. My husband, um, they're just their own person. Like they're their own being, they are living their own life and whether or not I pass you on the street and I'm in it for a split second or I'm married to you and I'm in it for X amount of time, you're still living your own existence. And I feel like a lot of people get very caught up in their ego. So when they even hear that their partner might be attracted to someone else, they're like, well, what does that mean about me? You know, like, what mm -hmm. does that say about me? But like, it's often not about you, you know, like it's, at the end of the day, a lot of things just aren't about us pertaining to other people's lives. You know, like my right. things are about me, but my husband's emotions and stuff, like that's all about him. So when you, I think, can really accept that someone else is, has their own thoughts, their own opinions, their own struggles, their own life path, you're a little bit able, not detach, but to take yourself out of the scenario and just respect and acknowledge that they are their own existence, their own person. And it takes a lot of pressure off of, I think, you as well. Like, oh, like, I don't have to be perfect all the time because you're your own person. Like what I do doesn't necessarily even affect that. I'll try and act my best and as ethical as I can, but like you're living your own life and your emotions are yours to own. You know, I can't dictate mm -hmm. that. I can't be mad at you for feeling something. I just, I can ask questions, you know, I can try and understand it, but if I'm coming from it from an egotistical point of view, I'm never going to understand it. Right. Not really. Yeah, the way that uh, the way that I learned it, the way that I apply it to my re relationships is, uh, mm -hmm. I say that I, you are responsible for your happiness, and I'm responsible for my happiness. So it kind of takes mm -hmm. that pressure of you know I have to do certain things in the relationship to make you or keep you happy. You know, mm -hmm. of course, I I want to make you happy in the relationship. You know, yeah. the that's kind of the point of you know being in a relationship is to me i wasn't aware that was something a person could do oh there it goes that was weird that was an extended black screen um not sure what happened there but anyway what was i saying oh um the responsibility of of emotions it's not on you to you know be responsible for your partner's happiness and it's not on your partner to be responsible for your happiness either so um all right kind of switching gears here a little bit i wrote down these three words uh over the weekend and i want to talk to you about what these three words mean to you 
and to your perception, your approach, and you know everything revolving or surrounding polyamory. So the three words that I wrote down were morality, acceptance, and validation. So starting with morality, what do you say to someone who comes to you and says, well, you're living a life that's immoral? What do you say to somebody that, that has that perception of polyamory? And I hope that you're not too frozen. Are you back? Are you back? She says nothing. <laughs> <laughs> she says freeze. She says Elsa. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, uh, morality. I guess I'll jump in then. I'll talk about uh, what I think of, of morality and while we wait for faith. So this is definitely like an issue, especially for those of us who ha have, have been raised uh, maybe in religious families, conservative families, uh, anything along those lines. It's a tangent, right? It's a shift from societal norms. And so I think that the issue of morality is based on, you know, whatever the foundation is. So if your foundation is coming from a place of, uh, you know, religion, Christianity specifically, right? You, we always hear the one man, one woman. So to anybody, you know, that's coming from that perspective, it doesn't matter if it's, polyamory or heterosexuality or you know anything along those lines it's always going to be immoral and welcome back faith sorry my husband's playing video games and i think it's just too much on the internet so i just ran and be like hey can you give me 15 minutes i heard i heard morality and acceptance Morality, acceptance, and validation. So uh, let's start with morality. And I was just kind of throwing that out there from you know, my own opinions. What are your thoughts uh, if somebody were to uh, somebody were to tell you, well, what you're doing is immoral? What, what would you say to somebody like that? Actually, um, I got into a two-hour conversation with some gentlemen um, that I passed on the road um, at this park the other day, turns out they were there to uh, convert me to Christianity. I found out a couple minutes into the conversation. Um, and they, they said something about uh, commandments or something. And I, and I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm polyamorous, so that doesn't really like resonate with me. And they were like, oh, so you're an adulterer. And I was like, okay, well, let's get to the root of that word. Why don't we, you know, like, what does adultery mean? And at first they were like, well, it means to be faithful. And I said, okay, what does it mean to be faithful? And they were like, went into it all. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem what to apply to me then. Like, what do you, so, and they like, oh, well, let me rechange it. Let me say, it just means you don't have sex with someone you're not in a relation, like only with that one person. And I was like, okay but why? And they, they were like, well, that's just because what God says or, you know, whatever. And I said, okay, mm -hmm. but isn't there usually a purpose for those things being told to us? You know, like that's kind of talked about with the Bible specifically, a lot of the stuff has a reason for it being spoken. And so I was like, what is the reasoning behind that? Like if I, if I don't want to have a lot of people because, you know, STDs or something, I can protect myself from that now, you know, like in today's day and age, we know more about that. I was, I was like, so, and if my husband is happy, if I'm happy, if we're communicating and we're not um, lying to each other, we're not putting the other person at 
in danger because we're always being honest, you know, whatever it is, like, where's the problem? And they just really give me an answer. And, and that's kind of what I've encountered along the way with everyone. We have these very worldview into, but when you get down into asking why, oh, did we get no, we're um, back. We're so back. we have like these really rigid ideas. I think that we try. Cool. Okay. So um, I think there's these really rigid, um, like framing that we try and put the world into. But when you ask questions about like the why of it, people don't really have any answers. And I've always thought that's kind of funny because I'm like, you're going to tell me I'm immoral, but you can't really tell me why. And I think it's just really funny because as long as I'm acting as ethically and as, um, true to myself all taking in my partner I think there's any more that anybody can really do yeah you're you're kind of cutting yeah. in and out but that's okay um so you know one of the things that you touched on one of the things that you said is you know that you they they can't pinpoint the why and you know i'm going to disagree with you just a little bit um the why you said it earlier in in what you were saying the why is because this is what the bible says right this is what the the, the yeah. book says this is what you know the the religion says but as far you know beyond that i i tend to agree with you you know there's not anything other than the that book saying that you know it's it's mm -hmm. an immoral thing um and you know there's a lot mm -hmm. of things in that book to to me that you know people pick and choose which parts of it they want to follow and which parts of it are okay. And even in that book, there are times when maybe not polyamory, but at least polygamy is like perfectly mm. acceptable, perfectly normal, perfectly healthy and like encouraged. So, yeah. so, you know, it's, it's hard to justify that as, as the basis. So, yeah. Moving on to uh, acceptance, do you see society as ever, do you think that society will ever accept polyamory um, as just a normal thing that people do? Do you think that we're headed in that direction at all? Um, I mean, I think society has been there before, you know, in history, different cultures were did not have the same association with relationships and sex in a monogamous way that we do. So I think if we have been there before as in humanity, I think we can always get there again. Um, now, how far off that is from like an American society getting there, I'm not mm -hmm. quite sure. Especially because I think a lot of the the representation of non-monogamy in in uh, media and such is kind of one-sided. To be like all like all movies and you know media, it's supposed to be dramatic and to get people mm -hmm. to watch it. But because of that, then the only representation I think right now is very dramatic and very not ethical because that's what gets likes and views and things right. like that. Unfortunately. Do you know if there, uh, do you know of any representation in the media that actually stands out to you as good representation? Uh, I've, there's a few things that I've seen here and there, but like mainstream, I don't really think so. Um, it's hard because I mean, even within, you know, groups and stuff, um, through media that 
polyamorous people, I think, um, congregate and to get ideas. There's, there's still a lot of, um, not like lining up in certain, like, you know, understanding about like the best ways to be ethical mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the best ways to take self responsibility. Um, because like what you were saying earlier, like I make myself happy, you make yourself happy. Um, I, my mom viewed that and was like, Oh my gosh, you're going to like abuse someone that way. And I'm like, well, no, because like, if I'm worried about my happiness and they're worried about their happiness, there's no chance for abuse because the other person can like take responsibility and walk away at any point too. You know, like there's no manipulation, right. but it, so I really don't think that there is yet. Unfortunately, I think there's some that get maybe closer. Um, but I don't think there's really too many. Um, what was that one show? There was one I thing. Can't remember that the name. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you mentioned that uh, as you know, we're growing as a community, you know, polyamorous mm -hmm. people are starting to recognize each other. We're getting into, you know, these different groups on Facebook and, you know, um, you know, in local communities, wherever. Uh, and, and I think one of the things that you, you kind of touched on is that we disagree on certain things or, you know, we, we can't yeah. quite come to a consensus on certain things like one person's um, definition of relationship anarchy is different from another's. And, you yeah. know, one person over here, one group of people over here thinks that hierarchical polyamory is just foundationally bad. Whereas, you know, this other group is like, no, well, I was married and this person is like the most important person in my life. And mm -hmm. everybody else kind of takes us a, uh, a, back seat if back you will not, you know uh, again in quotations okay not not exactly what i mean but you know there there is that hierarchy and and they want that to be acceptable too so what are some things that you see in the community that we're kind of you know back and forth on here that maybe if we could come together on uh well i think that one that you just said was uh um, one that I see a lot, you know, about the hierarchy. Um, mm -hmm. And the one explanation that I've seen, I think that kind of found that middle ground um, was that it's still like, I, like, I think I was saying in the little thing I you know wrote that if you acknowledge other people as their own people, there's so much less, I think, opportunity for abuse and things and unethical practices. So like with the hierarchy, you know, um, you know, if I'm married and I have kids and I open my relationship, um, that has a hierarchy to it because you're, you know, your husband and your kids or your wife and your kids or your, you know, whatever, um, are there. And then you have your, you know, partner that comes in there's, they came in second. So they're, you know, people are like, well, they're secondary, but I think if you acknowledge them as a human, that's important and existing within their own right outside of your relationship with them then you want to act ethically. Like you, they're not just like a toy, you know, to play with, they're a person. So I think if you can acknowledge that the hierarchy might be in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like day-to-day -day practice, like mm -hmm. with your husband, you have a house to run. Like there's, um, mm -hmm, I'm gonna say mm -hmm. more societal obligations or, uh, agreed upon obligations that you've already have when you've entered into that other relationship. So then having a new relationship, you still have to fulfill those obligations, you know, or change them, but they're still there. So you can't just say right. that, you know, your husband, it doesn't matter anymore because you still have those obligations, but you shouldn't also say this new person coming in 
is just, you know, willy nilly. They're here until I let them go or they're here until right. I slam the door in their face because my husband and my kids are more important. I think if you can just accept that other people need to be emotionally cared for and um, thought about just like you want other kind of the golden rule, you know, do unto others like you'd want done unto mm -hmm. you, you know, I wouldn't want to come into a relationship with a newly open couple. And then, you know, six months later, they slam the door in my face because, you know, one of the partners can't handle it or whatever it is. So I would never want to do that to someone else either. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that that is definitely something that um, early on, people uh, exploring polyamory do tend to get into that uh, into that. I mean, I did it myself, right? I when when I opened up my relationship, uh, it was because I, was, I started seeing this girl. But you know, of course, I was married. And so I was like, yeah. well, this always comes first. And, you know, you're sorry, you know, she doesn't like you. So, you know, we're breaking up. Oh, actually, she's okay with you. So we can get back together. Oh, actually, she really doesn't like you. So we're breaking up again. And, we you know, I <laughs> it was it was horrible on my part right and mm -hmm. i i hurt this girl you know multiple times over and you know th these are the things that that people early on opening up the relationships tend to fall into and so to your point yeah. it's really important that we remember that these are people with feelings and you know we got to take that stuff into uh consideration and and you know treat it like glass, right? Treat it, treat, mm. treat people like, like they matter. So yeah, cause they do, you know, like why, why bring someone into your life if you don't think they matter, you know, like mm -hmm. it's always really interesting to me when I see people that, you know, kind of toss partners away, like nothing. I'm like, you, you just brought someone into your life because you supposedly cared about them. So, you know, show them you care and no one's perfect. Like right. no one, but we can all try more you know just try a little better next time <laughs> just, just do a little try bit and better. do better okay. next time and that's, and that's all that we can ask of each other i think you know like there was definitely times when i did not act ethically with my husband or you know vice versa but it was all about setting that new spot you know like we didn't act okay in the past that's in the past now we're gonna know that let's communicate and do better in the future and then you just keep going and, you know, you can't bring up those things either. You know, I can't yeah. bring up to him or vice versa. You know, we just, tomorrow's a new day. <laughs> tomorrow's a new day. So we talk about these struggles. We talk about these, these, uh, you know, painful experiences that we've had these times where we mess up and, you know, we weren't ethical and, you know, we hurt our partner or partners, you know, we did all these things to you. What makes it worth it? Why go through all of that? to continue to live a polyamorous life? I think, I think for me, it's the fact that I just love people. Like I've just always been a people person and I don't think it necessarily is worth it for some people, you know, I think, mm -hmm. and that's valid too, you know, like yeah. if, if somebody tries it and they can ethically exit the relationship, if that's just like anything, I mean, we, you have to end relationships usually at some point. So as long as you're doing it in the best way, um, but I think it's, it's just about trying to navigate it all because wait, say your question. <laughs> so you, the question was what makes it worth it? <laughs> yes. Um, and so for me, it's like, I love people. So every interaction for me is so amazing. Um, even just a passing interaction on the street, like, hi, bye. Like 
I just, I love them. So when I meet someone that I really, really connect with, um, if I feel any type of romantic inclination towards them, I would just really be sad about having to stifle that because there's so many experiences you get from, I think, romantic partners that you don't necessarily get from friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all amazing in their own right and all valid in their own right. But I think for me, limiting romantic relationships specifically would um, just uh, not give me the life that I want, like all the opportunities and um, adventures. I'm, I'm going to throw a curveball so at you here. <laughs> I'm going to throw a curveball yeah. at you here because, okay, cool, you're polyamorous, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that if you have a great connection with somebody and it's a romantic mm-hmm. connection and everything, that you can just pursue it. Because what if they're in a relationship you know, and and they're supposedly supposedly monogamous. What if they're willing to, you know, kind of put their monogamy aside and be like, okay, well, that's cool, because you know, dude, almost had you, right? We'll we'll just kind of do this thing on the side. What do you what do you think on that? Um, so like they're not like telling they're in a relationship. They're not going to tell their partner. Yeah, I I don't I don't I don't do that. Um, I think that people should, I think that people should be able to take responsibility for themselves. So like, I know some people kind of make the argument that like, well, like, you know, it's their choice to cheat or not. It's not my choice. Um, but if, for me, if you're cheating on someone, like if you're lying to your other partner, you're not a good person in my opinion. So I don't want to be in a relationship with you because what, changes that from how you're going to treat me you know like i still mm-hmm. want my partners to act ethically and, and above par in my opinion than most of the people i meet so it's like if if you're not already doing that with a current partner because you're going to lie to them to try and be with me i don't want to be with you you know it's just mm-hmm. no so let's, no let's take that let's take that a step further let's mm-hmm. say you have a partner and they have a partner mm-hmm. right so your partner's partner, your meta is meta, yeah. is is cheating on someone that they're seeing, and your partner is not willing to step up and say, "This is <clears throat> not right." Like, how do you feel about your partner when they're so kind of allowing it? Yeah. So they're kind of acting like unethically, in my opinion. But does that change my relationship with that person? Um. I think it honestly would depend on the partner and mm-hmm. I think the situation surrounding it, like if their meta happens to be like in an abusive relationship and there's a lot of like mental stuff there that they, they really don't feel like they can leave that relationship. So they're, they're cheating because they feel like they can't leave. Then I could kind of understand that a little bit. Um, Cause for, for me, I think mental manipulation kind of falls um, in its own category for a lot of things because mm-hmm. I don't think it allows the mind to make its own choices truly. Um, so in those cases, I would be understanding. And if it was completely like, you know, this person has like a great other partner and they're just like posting online or something like buying them this and taking them here. And I know that then after they take them there, they're going and, you know, uh, that's a hard way. I really do feel like it would depend on the partner because it's like if if you like pet puppies and feed the homeless, but you're allowing your mate to cheat, maybe you're, I don't know. That's hard. That's, that's a tough one, isn't it? 
And it comes up a lot from what it I does. see. Like people, yes. I don't think that you should get involved. I don't think you should like tell your partner how they should feel, but I think you can let them know how it um, changes your view of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if my husband was, you know, in a relationship and that person had been cheating, you know, I would let him know that it's, it's making me question his character a little bit because and, you know, I'd let him know, like, you know, we've always talked about cheating as something we don't endorse, but now you're kind of endorsing it. Like, can you explain that line of thought to me? My husband would probably get annoyed because I make him logic everything out. So he would probably <laughs> get to the end of it and be like, oh, crap, you're right. Like, maybe I should maybe I should walk away. But like, if he wasn't going to, um, then it would be on me, you know, take responsibility for myself to decide to walk away or not. Right. And I think that depends a lot upon, you know, how long you've been together with someone. If you have, you know, those other obligations we've talked about, if mm-hmm. you have kids and all of that plays into it. But I think the the main thing is, is you still can't like be mad at your partner. You can't like choose to stay with them and then make backhanded comments once a week of like, oh, yeah, you know, you let her cheat. So it's whatever. You know, you can't like be passive aggressive because you're choosing to stay with them. Like you're making that choice too. So accept that they're allowing it or you leave. So very well said. Kind of sounds well harsh, but... <laughs> but you know, it's, it's a reality that a lot of people, uh, especially, you know, in our community, we have to deal with it because we talk so openly, we communicate so openly about these things that are going on with our other partners. And mm-hmm. if that situation comes up, it's, it's like you said, it's, you know, well, that changes my view of that person that I'm with. Yeah, because you know, I entered into this, like I entered into this under different terms, essentially, you know, like we're in a relationship with my understanding of like who you are. And if you suddenly show me something completely outside of that, I'm not going to just say okie dokie pokey and continue on. Yep. Yep. I 100% agree with that. You can't handle the truth. Sometimes <laughs> they can't handle it. <laughs> Faith, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you. I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us here, uh, giving us your perspective on everything. We didn't quite get to, you know, everything. Uh, I said, I know uh, my dang internet. It's all good. It's all good. It happens. Uh, We 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 took over. We jumped in. We just chatted a little bit, and uh, you got right back in here and uh, (laughs) say thank you to your husband for pausing his video games for us uh, so that we could chat here. And I'm sure he uh, thought it was so hard. (laughs) <laughs> and just uh thank you again for for hanging out with us and, and giving us your viewpoint really appreciate it oh my gosh thank you so much for having me this is great i don't get to like talk to many people within the poly community face face to face very often so this is awesome <laughs> Well, uh, welcome you. back anytime. And uh, for anybody else who's listening, um, if you want to be a guest on the show, would love to have you on and uh, chat with you, learn from you. This is a community learning and growing together. That's all that this show is about. So uh, if you want to come on the show, go to www.practicingpolyamory.com. Uh, don't forget, if you are uh, tuning in today live, uh, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same cannot be said for the podcast download. So if you want to avoid <laughs> commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us Monday through Wednesday at 2.30 Pacific time uh, or sign up for our Patreon where you'll not only get access to our commercial-free RSS feed, but also some Patreon-only content like reaction videos and Q&A with our upcoming professional guests. So uh, once again, thanks for hanging out with us today. Don't forget to f- subscribe. Uh, follow me. Follow us at po- Practicing Polyay. 
head over to YouTube, do that search for Practicing Polyamory Podcast, and subscribe so that I can get to that 100 uh, before the end of the month. And pretty much that's all we got for everybody today. Thank you once again, Faith. Thank you. That was a mouthful. Props to you for getting through all of that. <laughs> uh, been doing this for a little bit. Good at something, never do it for free. Boom, there it is. All right, everybody. For the rest of you, thank you all as always. Have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash